Now serving B24 at DMV window number seven. Okay, Jim, we're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remember the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim. Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B25 at window number 10. That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash Real ID. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on that power bill using technology wisely and living a more sustainable life. Hey, I'm Tim Eccles. I'm vice chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission, and we normally talk about energy, and today we're going to talk about a special kind of energy. We're going to talk about youth energy because I'm up here at the Team Pack National Convention and presenting the Tim Eccles Award to Myra Ehrenberg, and Myra lives in Georgia. Myra, how's it going? It's going well. I am very excited and stoked to be here. Hey, we're backstage and we'll be presenting this award in front of 750 screaming students. And, you know, political activism is important. It's how I got elected. Candidates have to be involved with it and you've got to have helpers. And Teen Pack, though we are not a political organization, we do teach leadership skills and and we teach about the importance of political involvement. Talk to me a second about how Team Pack has impacted your life. Yeah, so that's a great question. It's oh my goodness, there's so many things that have happened in my life through Teen Pack. I've been involved for seven years, gone to two one day classes and uh, four state classes. I wasn't able to attend this year because I was coming to National Convention. Oh my goodness. It's just so amazing the way that the Lord has his hands over this ministry. And um, not only has this ministry impacted me spiritually, but I have also gained confidence and knowledge in the political sphere to be able to interact well with those that I meet from uh, elected like positions, whether they be like representatives, senators. Um, and so I've had the chance to actually be involved in some political campaigns through Teen Pact. And uh, it's it's been an amazing experience that I really will never forget. And I hope that I can continue learning and um, honing my skills through Teen Pact for a couple more years. So uh, I'm not going to ask you the candidates that you've worked for, nor the political party. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it neutral in terms of uh, the the personalities. But I know you worked for someone running for Congress, and you worked for someone running for state house. So let's start with the smaller race because that's what we teach at Team Pack is the importance of these legislative positions. What was it like, and what did you do for the person running for state representative? Yeah, so um, I helped him just being there for moral support, really. I wasn't a huge part of his campaign. I helped put up some signs in his yard. And then I just sent him a couple of encouraging letters like, hey, what you're doing is great. And it really is impacting people. And uh, I got invited to his uh, watch party 
the night of the election and you know I was just there like supporting him and his family and it was it was a really good time just to get to know him because like I walked by his house he lives right near a park as mayor and like I always loved his house and I think I had like waved to him and his wife a couple times but it was great to actually be able to meet him and uh I don't know it was it was a really cool experience that uh, helped me know and learn that people, even if they're elected and like big and important, they're still people and they're just as needy, but they're also just as relatable as any other person that I would come in contact with. And so that was a really cool experience. Do you feel like that in our society that we've made politics too much like show business too much tv too much too much hype and 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 not putting an emphasis on the serving part and the you know and, and the the stuff that really doesn't get you any notoriety unfortunately i do believe that we see that a lot uh i don't know it seems more like a popularity contest nowadays um and it's it's really sad to see that the state of our nation and where where it is now because this being a um, representative or senator or any other kind of uh, like leader in government is a huge responsibility and it's amazing and it's so great if you get it but you need to treat it like a job and not like some sort of popularity contest or um, I don't know some other kind of like um, way to bring glory to yourself because ultimately it really needs to be about how you can serve the people your constituents well and how you can represent our country and uh, keep the values that our country was founded on and keep them strong and continue to build upon them maybe um, making making new ways for the culture we live in now to continue honoring those values you know, one of the things we do here at National Convention is we have hypothetical political parties, and those political parties have an issue they have to take a position on, and then we have a campaign that's nonpartisan uh, in the sense that it's not the t- traditional Republican, Democratic, Libertarian, but we create our own to kind of take out the, I, I guess, the uh, the negative vibes that people have about various political parties, uh, and, and we do that as a teaching tool. But you had a chance to work in a congressional race, and these congressional races much bigger uh, and much more expensive. Tell me what you learned from working in a race at that level. Yeah, it was a little bit overwhelming at times to see how many people were working on it. So yeah, when you say big, like yes, big. But at the same time, it was really great to see that there were so many people that were still involved. Um, I did see a bunch of kids like my own age working, um, but not many of them shared my same values. So that was a little sad. But it's really cool to see that the new generation is moving up and it's, I don't know, it's developing into leaders who are going to lead our country. And so this opportunity just gave me a lot of really good experience at a larger level. I enjoyed working with uh, everyone there. I got to participate in a few events uh, for fundraising. And then I was able to meet some people that have uh, rubbed shoulders with like the president. And it was was a really neat experience uh, to be able to 
be more involved and to get kind of a peep behind the scenes to see what really goes on behind like the television screen. Oftentimes, as I speak with groups, and and I'm a Republican, I serve on the Georgia Public Service Commission, and I'm talking with, if you just joined us, Myra Ehrenberg from Georgia. She's receiving the Tim Eccles Political Award from the Teen Pack Ministry, and we're up in uh, we're up in Tennessee uh, and at the National Convention, giving her this award. But as I talk with people. I'm often explaining why my faith is important, how my faith impacts my values, how my values impact my job. And sometimes people like that. Sometimes they don't. Uh, what, what is your opinion about the importance of incorporating your faith into what you do? Or do you feel like you just need to leave it out? Yeah, so definitely. Um, actually, recently I've been doing a Bible study called Thinking Like a Christian. And it's teaching you that in every single aspect of your life, Christianity applies. So I believe that in politics, Christianity is a huge part. I know the popular opinion nowadays is to leave out the Founding Fathers' values of their culture back then. But to be honest, it was based on a Christian on the Christian morals found in the Word of God, the Bible. And uh, the way our country was formed was to be a Christian society. It was meant to glorify the Lord in all aspects, no matter what. And so it's still very, very important nowadays to have a faith, to be involved. And I don't know, it's it's very, very, very crucial to be a Christian in this day and age. So I know that probably gives some of my listeners heartburn as they hear you say that, uh, because we talk about energy on this show and technology, solar, wind, electric cars, and a lot of my left-leaning friends agree with me on these topics, uh, and we don't get into faith very often, but it is, a, it is an important part of my life, and it's an important part of your life. So, okay, okay so you've got this faith, I have this faith. How does that translate to serving others, maybe that disagree with you? Yeah, so definitely. Um, through my experience on these campaigns, I have had the opportunity uh, to interact with people who may not agree with me. But to be honest, they're people just the same as I am. The Lord has helped me to see that they are just like I am. We are all we are all one race. We are all made in the image of the Lord. And no matter what our political background is, we can all come together and we can help each other. I know in this day and age, we tend to be more divided than together, but we really are not as divided as people make us out to be. We can come together and we can serve one another no matter our uh, values or our stances. As a Christian, uh, the Lord has helped me to see these things and he's helped me to realize that serving people goes far beyond um, my comfort zone. It is not about me. It's about the person that I'm serving. And so I I feel like for Christians, it's easier for us to serve because the Lord is right there saying, okay, do this, do that. And it's not like he's this kind of like big, huge dictator or something or some ogre who's going to stomp you out if you do something wrong either. He lets me go my own way. And uh, he lets me go my own way. It hurts when I do. But... I feel like for Christians, it's easier to begin serving, to begin loving others, because we have someone who helps us. 
And there you have it. Wow. Myra Ehrenberg, how old are you? I'm 17 years old. You're 17. Thanks for being on Energy Matters today, and congratulations for your Tim Eccles Political Involvement Award that you've received today. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. Stick around. We'll be right back. Energy Matters would like to thank Gas South for its support of the show. Gas South has a no deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. Gas South, the difference is good. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Green Power EMC. From the suburbs to rural farming communities, Georgia is enjoying the benefits of a more sustainable future through the power of solar energy. Available from 38 of Georgia's member-owned electric membership cooperatives, or EMCs, these not-for-profit utilities are harnessing the sun's energy to bring clean, renewable, and affordable electricity to 4.2 million Georgians. For more information, visit www.greenpoweremc.com or contact your local EMC. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, welcome back to Energy Matters. Tim Eccles here, your host. Coming up in this segment, you're going to hear from Patrick Searfuss. He's the executive director of the American Biogas Council, and we're going to break down renewable natural gas and what it is. So you're going to get a great education about that, but I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with manure so here we go i'm in a manure trailer actually out here on steadfast farm in jackson county and in georgia we got a lot of horse farms we got a lot of beef cow dairy cow operations and a lot of chicken farms my daughter has just mucked these stalls out you know i guess i drew the short straw here uh, fresh manure doesn't smell very good, by the way. You know, I've drawn the short straw. While all of y'all are sitting behind your laptops, you probably got a little essential oil, you know, diffuser going. Here I am stuck in this blooming manure trailer. But you know what? This source of methane is incredible for our state. I think it represents a tremendous economic development opportunity. I mean, think about this. If we can recycle these trash bags, these uh, grocery bags, and we can make playgrounds out of them, park benches, playground equipment. We take things, we take things that we're throwing away and, and we're turning it into something useful. That is what horse manure, cow manure, and chicken manure represent. Uh, it represents a, a clean fuel that, you know, might otherwise be just spread across a field somewhere. And, if we can work with 
our marketers and AGL and our other gas companies like even Marlin Gas Services that's done this with a chicken facility in the Delmarva Peninsula, we can turn we can turn what would be considered waste and something that you city folks don't ever get around. But I'm telling you, this represents some great opportunity here. And yeah, we have internet out here. In fact, I got a little light on my camera right here in this manure trailer. I mean, we're all high tech out here. We want to help poultry farmers understand how this can work because we've got 4,000 chicken farms north of I-20 and Meredith and the Gas South folks, they work with a lot of them. And so do our other gas marketers. It's a tremendous opportunity. So I'm pleased to introduce Patrick from American Biogas. He's going to tell you more, give you more high level introduction about what RNG is, where it comes from. <laughs> we know that and why it sh why we should make more of it and what the best opportunities are. So, hey, thanks for tuning in uh, with us today. And I hope you'll really support RNG. It is the next shiny object that we're going to be going for here in Georgia. Thank you. Patrick? Tim, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And, you know, they've got really good news for you. If we could put all that manure and all that organic material into a biogas system, not only will we be producing renewable energy, but it won't smell anymore. Because part of what a biogas system does is it takes all that organic material and it breaks it down in the process of generating the renewable energy. And as it breaks it down, it breaks down all the volatile compounds that make odor. So it's a really, really great thing. Let's let me back up, though, and we'll go into that a, a little little bit more. And you know, we represent the biogas industry in the entire United States. We're the only organization that covers the whole sector. We're talking about 260 companies, about 3,000 professionals um, working on biogas systems. And our mission is really to build more biogas systems and therefore to create all the benefits that come along with those economic benefits, environmental benefits, uh, you name it. it there's, there's a lot of good things that will come from it. And this is this is what I'll get into. Let's start out with we're, this. This forum is all about RNG um, and RNG comes from biogas and biogas comes from organic material. So I'm going to show you how you make biogas. But just so that we are using the right words here, biogas is the raw gas that comes out of a digester an anaerobic digester or a landfill. And we call both of those biogas systems. They're both taking organic material and eat the bugs in it are eating up the organic material and they're burping out biogas. And biogas is mostly carbon dioxide and methane. And if you take out the carbon dioxide, you're left with pure methane. And that's basically what natural gas is, is that pure methane. Uh, but it's been renewably produced. So we call it renewable natural gas. So if your gas is interchangeable with the pipeline, if you've processed your biogas, then you get to call it RNG. It goes right into the pipeline and you can't tell the difference between RNG and conventional natural gas, except for it's been renewably produced. So here is a biogas system and focus on the middle here. The middle here, you have uh, some tanks. Maybe it's one tank, maybe it's six tanks, but you have a tank and in that tank, you put all the stuff at the top that's going into it. You put in the manure, like we saw on Tim's trailer there, or you can put manure, um, wastewater biosolids from your wastewater plant, or you can put food scraps, or you can put the waste from like a brewery or food processor or the grease trappings, or you can put a mix of all those together. You put it into the tank and all the microbes that are already present in that material, if you create a nice warm environment, I'm talking like body temperature, like an like extra warm hot tub, those microbes are going to reproduce. 
and the microbes eat up the organic material, literally, and they burp out the methane. But see how the top of that roof there is domed? That's because the gas is captured in and there's a flexible roof inside that expands and contracts with how much gas is being produced. We're capturing all of the methane because you don't want the methane to go out into the atmosphere. That's bad for our environment. That's bad for our air quality. You capture it and that's your renewable energy that you get to use. So your products are the two categories down at the bottom there. You've got energy products on the left from your biogas. Usually you can actually make bioplastics too, but usually the biogas is going to electricity or RNG when you upgrade it to natural gas quality and where it might go into a vehicle fuel or you're using it for heat. And then all the material that came in at the beginning, it still has all your great nutrients in it, but now it's fully digested. Now you've broken down, you've eliminated the odor, but you've created this nice, awesome, nutrient-rich material. It's got micronutrients, it's got nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, all kinds of other great things in it. And that is like basically a super fertilizer. We have a, uh, a farm I just read about that is now getting a fourth crop every year because they're using digested material on their on their fields. They were getting three crops before. Now they get four crops. That's a 33% crop yield boost. That is huge for any farm and it could happen in your garden too. I could show, I could show you my camera outside. We have uh, digested material that we use as top dressing for a grass and it looks awesome. So I want to just give you a visual about what a couple biogas systems um, look like. The middle one there, you can see the same kind of system like we had in our infographic there, that domed tank, that's that's the digester, that's the heart of the, of the system. Um, on the left here, uh, we have a uh, pig farm and they took their manure, they turned their manure lagoons into biogas systems. And now not only is that flexible roof that everyone's standing on there, not only is that capturing all the methane and the odor, it's also keeping the rainwater out to prevent flooding. And then on the right-hand side, you can see a system that is taking biogas and upgrading it to RNG. That's what some of that equipment looks like. So here is why there's such a huge opportunity in the U.S. and in Georgia and basically any state you go in. It's because we have so much organic material that is not being recycled. 66.5 million tons of food waste, 31 billion gallons of wastewater every day that has to be cleaned up so we can put clean water back into our waterways. And all the manure and nutrients from 8 billion cows, chickens, turkeys, and pigs, especially the poultry in Georgia, which I'll get into in a minute. This is where the whole potential for biogas and RNG comes from. It's all this organic material. And if there's one thing to take away, it's that as much as we care about recycling glass, metal, paper, and plastics, if we focus on recycling all of our organic material, like our manure and our food waste and our wastewater, we are going to have huge opportunities to do a lot better um, for our society. Here's where we are, just some numbers to throw at you here. The bottom circle there, you can see the number of operational biogas systems in the country, a little bit over 2,000. We have biogas systems operating in every state. But that pales in comparison, if you look at the top right circle, to the potential for the, for the country, at least 15,000 new systems. And that doesn't even count the poultry systems. It just happens to be that the, the analysis that we did, we don't have the full number of poultry farms quite yet, uh, but that only counts dairy and swine. So that number is actually much larger. Um, traditionally, because of our policies, uh, both you mostly national, but some state level policies, they've really incentivized the use of biogas systems to generate electricity. So of those 2000 operational systems today, um, all but about 160 of them generate electricity today. 
But if you look at all the projects that are in development today, all the new projects coming online, nine out of every 10 of those systems are developed as RNG systems because the policy landscape has shifted. And it's really much more attractive to building systems uh, that are going to produce RNG to be able to displace transportation fuel and take carbon out of our transportation sector. All right. So if you look at the these are these are all the benefits, right? Or at least this is a summary of benefits. And what I want you to take away from this is that in any particular area, in any local town or city or anyone planning to uh, put in a biogas system, you're probably going to be picking at least one or two of these that are going to drive the development of your system. But look at all the other benefits that you're getting along the way. There's so many. We've got economic benefits like diversifying the revenue on farms and in municipalities. We've got increased soil health, watershed protection by keeping nutrients from going out of the waterways, peak shaving uh, with renewable energy, but also baseload power. Biogas systems can do both of those. No other renewable can say that they can do peak shaving and baseload power, power like we can. Uh, we've got distributed generation, jobs, the boosted crop yield that I talked about earlier, odor reduction, we talked about that, recycling infrastructure, better relationships with your farms because you can reduce the odor and uh, generate local products. There's so many things to get out of your biogas system, and probably a couple of these will drive uh, the development of a biogas system that might be near you someday if you don't already have one. And that was Patrick Searfus, the executive director of the American Biogas Council. I wish we had had time to play Mike Giles, who is the president of the Georgia Poultry Federation, and Michael McDonald, who runs sustainability for UPS, but we just didn't have time in this episode. Hey, after the break, we're going to bring back our former co-host, John Noel, along with Patrick Ballard and Dr. Jackie Tidwell for some fun in the studio. So stick around. We'll be right back. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. GERD and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMW Auto Sales. With gas prices hitting over $3 for the first time since 2014, isn't it time you consider a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid from BMVW Auto Sales? These plug-in hybrids will go 50 miles on electric charge, saving you precious money and time. Skip the line at the gas pumps and charge in your garage. See more at ev-hybrid.com. That's ev-hybrid.com. Welcome back to Energy Matters. I'm Tim Eccles, your host. My co-host, as always, former state representative John Noel. John? Sir. And in the studio with us, Dr. Jackie Tidwell from the University of Georgia. Nice to be here. And Patrick Ballard, a UGA grad, colonel, retired from the U.S. Air Force, 
and doing a lot in sustainability. Welcome back, sir. Thanks, sir. I want to kick this session off. And by the way, at the end of this, we're going to pop open a, a Yerbe Mate energy drink. I may not be saying that right, but you can get them at Trader Joe's and Jittery Joe's. And I met the guy at an EV charging station, and we were charging our cars together. And he said, hey, let me give you a case of this and share it with your 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 studio guest. And so we're going to – I've never tried one. Mm. This will be the first time. So, well, mm. I don't need much of an energy drink to live my life. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I'm neither only going to – Neither just, one of I'm us. I'm just going to touch it to my tongue. It would be dangerous for either That's one of us, it. actually. Uh, let's kick, this, let's kick uh, this segment off, Dr. Tidwell, and remind us what a smart city is. I know folks are hearing about this, but what is the definition? Yeah. So the definition of a smart city is typically an urban area, but it could really be any, you know, city or town. Or, or defined space, a warehouse, what have you, that brings together different types of Internet of Things technologies. So bringing together information, communication, and physical devices and sensors in order for us to make better decisions, be more efficient, and just perform our, our work and live our lives more effectively. I have a colleague. He's 80, Commissioner Bubba McDonald. And a lot of folks know him, and he's really been a key driver in solar in Georgia. But he often introduces himself by saying he's a number two pencil in a dot-com world. And it's kind of <laughs> how he introduces himself. And I, I remember we were sitting in the That's in the house gallery, John, where you used to serve, listening to the uh, State of the State address by former Governor Deal. And I was live tweeting, okay? I had President Jerry Moorhead sitting on my right, and he and I were taking selfies and tweeting them out. And, and But Commissioner McDonald, he he took me aside afterwards and he said, Tim, it was very rude for you to be on your device. And I, <laughs> and I said, he's a very polite man. And I said, but commissioner, I was live tweeting. He said, what's that? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love so, it. Uh, I love it. But I love older it. people, um, I think they get annoyed, Patrick, when when we're on our devices and they, they feel like things are too connected. But the world is moving in this direction, isn't it? And, and we, we just have to embrace it. No, it certainly is. I mean, just uh, for example, I haven't been to the radio station before. And so here I am in my truck with with my cell phone and Google Maps directing me where to go. I mean, it's 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 almost uh, an attachment of your body, an extension of your body, uh, whether you're communicating with friends you haven't seen since high school or it's uh, trying to find a place you've never been to before. Uh, I remember the days where you, you would uh, look at the paper map in the in the, in the the book and, uh, yep. and try to figure and then remember where you got to go. And But now I'm so dependent on, on the Google Maps or, or whichever app. Uh, it's uh, uh, I know I could do it the other way, but it's so convenient. It's but this so way it makes it to where I'm not in the same place or on the same road as you in order to help mitigate traffic. That's the smart city Internet of Things. Yeah. So how, how does that yeah. how does that work, Dr. Tidwell? Are these phones, are, are, are folks connected to Google Maps? Or, or, or is it communicating with one another? How does, that, how does that work? So every time you open that app, that application, it is sending your information back to Google servers in exchange for you taking that information from them. Nothing is ever free, right? Mm. So that free, quote unquote, free app, you're exchanging your data and your information for it. And sometimes it's it's very benign and very, very fine in order to do that. And other times it's not so much. But in this situation, yes, Google is taking your location and other different characteristics of you from your phone. And Patrick has a Fitbit on his arm. Uh, there's no telling <laughs> what kind of data that collects as 
as as as Tim has a smart watch, and I'm the and I, Mr. Technology Guy, have no watch. <laughs> yeah. So this smart watch that this uh, this iWatch is that what you call it? The, I think that's the, right. the, the Apple Watch that uh-huh. I have is connected to my state healthcare program on my phone no that kidding. counts my steps and sends it to the mothership to determine whether I get my health incentive credit yes. or not. You get health incentive wow. credit? We yes, get, we do. We get uh, health incentive wow. credit wow. for coaching calls and for doing certain things to stay healthy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's part of the you know the state health care program. All right. Well, yeah. there's something progressive the state's doing. So, this is surprising. So me. let me ask you, Dr. Tidwell, uh, does your connectivity annoy people in your life? Ooh. I won't say that it annoys them, but I do often find, and given my line of work and the research I do, which is at that intersection between technology and people, whether it's energy or whether it's having to do with water or food, I'm often having to go, please don't, don't think I'm being rude. I'm looking at my watch because someone texted me about my daughter or... I'm getting a notification, but I'm with you. So I'm having to do a lot of extra non-digital accommodating for it. And so I tend to do that preemptively so that folks don't think I'm being rude or I will blatantly turn my phone down when I know that it is something that matters to someone. And I have seven children. And if I am in a meeting um, with a small group like this, I'm not going to be looking at my phone. If I'm in a large meeting, a Mm. conference, Mm -hmm. I sit in the back. Yeah. And and I'm I'm constantly on the device. I'm tweeting, right. I'm That's looking right. at this and that. That's right. But there is this etiquette, you know, that you have to get a hold of or or you can wind up offending people. John, You're exactly right. Does your connectivity offend people in your life? Uh yes, I get I, I, I <laughs> back in political days, I I was uh, constantly uh, scolded for for being on the phone and looking at things and, I, and people would drone on and speeches at uh and I just was like, well, I could be so much more productive right here. And 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 you've got to realize that perception, the public perception, uh, whether it's public perception or just or neighborly perception, uh, just because it's more efficient and you're getting more things done doesn't mean that, you know, you don't need to be off the phone. If you go overseas, it's a whole different ethic. I mean, people will be sitting next to you in a restaurant watching videos with the with the with the volume on because that's the way people work over overseas and not good lord you did that in the United States you might get in a fight in a restaurant yeah Patrick does your connectivity offend people in your life well, it depends on who I'm sitting in front of so uh, my I just hit 25 years with my wife this uh, this year uh, Stephanie uh, and uh, it's been a great 25 years but I have to pay attention to when I'm uh, paying attention to her and when I'm not paying attention to her right. it so uh, you know there there is that uh, I've got three girls too at the University of Georgia as a matter of fact and one at North County High School, and uh, uh, they all have phones. And uh, there are times when uh, we're we're uh, mindful of each other and, and put the phone down, and and when they're not. And then, of course, when, when I was commanding in the Air Force, and we we had uh, the the obligatory anchor on the hip, which I've been carrying around a cell phone for a long time as part of the command structure, right? And so the 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 uh, the temptation to take a phone out where you can communicate and give direction to someone who is uh, asking you a question who's not in the meeting, but a little quick, you know, five seconds here and there to answer yes or no question to someone uh, in the middle of a meeting. It's very tempting to do that. You have, so there's some discipline that goes along with that, too, to know when when to when to go there, and when not to go there. So, you know, I, in, in this new digital economy, I have found that that responding quickly to people again they're not in the same room with me but regardless of the platform twitter facebook 
Instagram, email, especially email, responding in a quick way to a person. You get brownie points for that. Uh, that people are used to getting this auto reply from politicians. You mm. know, I get a thousand emails, dear constituent. I get a thousand oh, emails. Hate that. I'll try to get back with you within I a week and let you know how I can help you. Yeah. people hate yeah. that. Yeah, I do. people hate that. And yeah. you know, the converse happens when I get back to them within like. You know, within an hour, within a minute, you know, something right. like that. I mean, right. it is stunning. <laughs> you know, it is stunning. I don't know that it wins, you know, any votes or anything like that, but it does cause people to feel like you're listening to them right. and you care about their issue, especially if you can help them. I care about IoT, man. I think this is this is we're we're going to have to delve into this um, in future episodes too. This is the big this is the big uh, issue that's coming forward, and the technologies available, the options available are all things that we're all going to have to be looking forward to uh, talking more about. Jackie, you probably have thoughts on that. Well, not just the devices themselves, but also the energy that they require and having to to oh. anticipate and manage those. Did and you then say energy? I did. Yeah, you think think about you know these server farms that you were mm-hmm. mentioning. Uh. We are getting a lot of these server farms in Georgia, and I don't I don't know how. I don't know much about the capacity of these things in terms of, of of the of the data. I know about the electricity they they use, but it seems like that more and more states are being called on by Facebook, Google, Microsoft. Hey, we want to put a a server farm there. It's got an eighty megawatt load. We need an eighty megawatt yeah. backup. I mean, is that because? Dr. Tidwell, that we're using information and they have to have server farms to service these things? I think it's the bl- I think it's the cloud that's blowing up and more and more of our data is being stored on the cloud versus the server farms computers. are your cloud. Yeah, and, and also <laughs> referred to as data centers. Some people might have heard of them as called as data centers. Server farms is just a frank term of what they are. And uh, and it isn't in your computer anymore and it isn't on your iPhone. Great discussion. We're going to promise we're going to we're going to have an energy drink here. I'm going to I'm going to pop this open. I'm not going to have much. I just want uh, I just want a half an ounce. You each right. take a little swig of this as we wrap up. I'm going to take a little sip uh, of this Yerba Mate. And what flavor is that? That's a Revel Berry. Revel Berry. That's, that's pretty good. We're passing it around, folks. And the thing I like about, and you're going to hear this in the, in the next segment, is that their service rep drives an electric vehicle. So, you know. Tea. Uh, it's, it's a tea. Mm-hmm. It's a tea. I'm a Coke guy. It's hard it's for me to switch. It's a tea from Latin America, uh, It's a tea from Latin America. You had me at organic. Anyway, you try this, folks. Let us know. We're going to we're, we're gonna pop a photo of, uh, of this on our Matters radio feed. John, you're at... New energy guy. And I'm at Tim Eccles, so stick around. We'll be right back. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. 
Tim Eccles here from Marlin Gas Services. Marlin doesn't sell gasoline, propane, or even natural gas, but they do solve problems and difficult ones when traditional pipelines are shut down. Remember that contractor that pierced the pipe at the bottom of the Savannah River, terminating gas service to all of Hutchinson Island? Marlin was there. They trucked highly compressed gas over to the island, restoring gas service until the repair could be made. See more at MarlinGas.com. That's MarlinGas.com. This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at HallBoothSmith.com. I got Logan Booker, my producer, in the studio. Logan, I have a chance to talk to a lot of people about electric vehicles and really all things alternative fuel. And coming up in just a second is an interview I actually did with a guy while I was getting my car charged at the Georgia Power Station uh, in Athens over behind their their building, a guy named Donovan, who was driving an identical Bolt. But you've seen all these electric cars around town, haven't you? Oh, yeah. They're, they're something I'm intrigued by. Honestly, don't know much about. But, yeah, they're, they're fascinating. You know, they've really gotten a whole lot better. When I took office in 2011, there were four cars that had a plug that you could plug in. Today, there's 48 of them. Is so that that's right? A, that's a 12x increase. So you, you see where things are going with this. And this Chevy Bolt that I've been driving, it goes about 250 miles, which, man, back when I had that Nissan Leaf, that thing on a good day would get 90. So you're talking about boosting your range from 90 to 258. That is a huge comfort level of difference. When you when you charge your car, how long does it take to actually go from, say, an empty fuel cell to a fuel full, full fuel cell? Yeah, if you have a small fuel cell like a Nissan Leaf, it only takes you about 25 minutes. But the bigger the fuel cell you have, mm-hmm. the longer that it takes on the same size charger. So that the Bolt... Uh, where I, where I wind up interviewing Donovan at took me about an hour to charge. So that's a pretty long time. That's a long leisurely meal if you right. happen to stop at a restaurant. For me, I park there, interview Donovan. I walk down to Dunkin' Donuts, walk back, you know, and by then I had the charge I needed. So it's really it's really cool. Take a listen to Donovan and some of the stuff that he's doing with this energy drink that he has, and we're passing the energy drink around to everybody in the studio for them to kind of taste it and see what they think. I'm not a big energy drink guy. I'm a, I'm a coffee guy, but, hey, I'm going to try his energy drink and see, see if it works. So uh, enjoy the interview. We interrupt this episode of Energy Matters to take you outdoors. On the road again. Hey, this is Commissioner Eccles with Energy Matters on the Road, and I am here with Donovan, actually at a Georgia Power fast charger in Athens, Georgia. He works for Yerba Mate. What What is Yerba Mate? Yerba Mate is a naturally caffeinated herb from South America. It has the effects of caffeine, but without the negative aspects of the caffeine, such as the jitters and the, the downside. And it's a natural herb, and we are basically here trying to push an alternative for caffeine. And it has 15 vitamins and minerals and 24 amino acids. Well, 
I'm talking to you because you're driving a Chevy Bolt, an electric vehicle, and we promote electric vehicles on our show, Energy Matters. Let me ask you, why is Yerba Mate being carted around in a Chevy Bolt? Because we want to give back to the environment. We want to uh, basically bring down the emissions. We want to regenerate our energy, just like our drinks just start regenerating the lives of people who have been disenfranchised, and we're trying to give back. So you told me you're going to be driving this car to Birmingham tomorrow. How does the Bolt perform for you out there on the highway? It performs excellent. I can get up to 300 miles on a charge. The fast charge is awesome. I can, in one hour, I can get about 180 miles of charge. And the car is efficient, has a lot of torque. Um, it's a very, very good car. Handles well. I'm going to take a picture of you in your car and put it on our Twitter feed, Matters Radio, uh, for those to be able to see the car. So when you decided to get the car, what were some of the questions that you asked and you thought about and evaluated because you're traveling on the road a lot? The company is about durability. That's important. We want something that is regenerative, good on mileage, all right, good range, and also be able to handle the, uh, the load of maybe average of about 7,200 cases of, of, of our, uh, our drinks. Well, I see bottles and I see cans, and you've given me a couple, and we're gonna we're gonna pass them around the studio and see if it'll wake up uh, some of our hosts because we have an early morning show. So, is there any recommendations on drinking this beverage with ice, without lukewarm? What do, what do you suggest? I prefer chilled. Okay, I don't prefer ice. I like mine chilled, and it can be drunk anytime. It's a caffeine alternative. Okay, it's natural. It is caffeine, but it's an alternative to coffee. To coffee, so you can drink it whenever it is that you feel like you want a little boost. You can drink it in the morning, evening, or some people drink it after six. You know, my co-host John Noel and a lot of other people in this state—they say I don't really need any additional <laughs> caffeine because of uh, because of. I guess my energy. Uh, I'm known at the commission as the Energizer Bunny. Uh, so, uh, so why should I be drinking Yerba Mate? You need to be drinking Yerba Mate because of the vitamins and the minerals and the amino acids and the proteins and the natural component. All right? We are... 100% organic. Everything is organic. It doesn't overpower you with a whole lot of flavor like how these artificial things go. If you're going to drink something, drink something healthy, man. That's it. Well, uh, let me ask you a couple more questions about sustainability. And uh, We promote energy efficiency on our show. We promote um, you know, doing things like insulation in your attic and making sure your home is, is very tight. Are there, are there things that you guys have talked about at your company or things that you've done in your own personal life in order to, to conserve or to save energy or to be a better steward? Yes. Adopting an electric car is one of the first things that we're doing, okay? The, the energy efficiency of the car, the emissions... You know and I know that with all the changes going on, the air that we breathe, we're trying also to be as conservative as we can in even the, the, the driving of the vehicle. You know, we, we, we try to make sure that we are uh, efficient in how we route, how we pack, and how we drive. You know, we talk about how EVs teach you 
about the value of energy. Um, This is something that I've said all along that if low-income folks in our state understood, and really this goes for anybody, but especially folks that have a little bit tighter budget Uh uh, and a little bit less cash flow, if they understood and they can get this knowledge Mm -hmm. through going on the Georgia Power prepay app because you're constantly getting text messages about your balance in the same way you and I are looking at our bolt, uh, you know, in terms of the, the dashboard and seeing how many, you know, how many more miles that we can drive. Uh, do you find yourself now thinking more about energy and more about efficiency uh, now that you drive an electric car than before you did? Yes, I do, sir. And I tell you this, I don't even drive with the AC on. All right, because I'm trying to conserve energy. I don't accelerate hard, okay? And I, I drive it on the regenerative mode where when you slow down, naturally it um, powers the battery. So just because of I know the worth and the time that it takes to regenerate this car and charge the battery, I drive very conservative. I, I drive below the speed limit, to be honest with you. So, yes, it has uh, it, it's shown me in, in a more worldly way the, the reality of conserving energy. We often joke on the radio show about how inconvenient it is to drive an electric car because you have to kind of plan things out yes. and you drive slow and you don't run the air condition. And I, I do all that. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand that nothing wrong with it, but it's just one of the things that you learn uh, from driving an EV, what what else has driving in an, e, an EV taught you, or how has it impacted your interaction with people? Well, first and foremost, that's a great question, sir. A lot of people out here, they want to be a part of the movement. They want to save the earth. They want to regenerate the earth. They want to bring about a positive change in the environment. And when they see that you're on board and that you're taking small steps or medium steps or even giant steps, you meet people just as I met you. The car is a seller. It's not me. You are attracted to this car. And look, we're bonding now. So this thing has opened up a lot of doors for networking. Even uh, Mr. Epstein, once I mentioned the name, hey, you know Mr. Epstein. So it is is phenomenal uh, keychain. Okay, once I I put the keychain on, everybody knows it. Okay. BMVW, who Steve Epstein works for, is one of our show sponsors, mm-hmm. and Mosin is is the seller of more used electric vehicles down in Union City, which yeah. which you'll uh, probably drive past going to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's the seller of more used electric cars than any dealer in town. So we're really excited that you met Steve yes. because he is an EV evangelist, isn't he? Yes, he is. And I, uh, we've been paying phone tag. I have to get back with him, but I'm definitely going to call him within the next two days just to let him know that our interaction and what have you. Yes, I'm, I'm glad. I'm meeting all type of interesting individual since I've gotten the Chevy Bolt. And I don't know if it'll surprise you, and I'm putting you on the spot here, in part really to kind of gig my co-host, John Noel, who's a, a staunch Democrat and, 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 and a very left, 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 left leaning guy. Would it, would it surprise you if I told you that I'm a Republican, that I have seven children, that I've homeschooled my kids, and that I'm dra- driving an electric car? I'd be very surprised. I'm very surprised at that, but I'm impressed, too. Okay, and that's one of the beauties of meeting people. It doesn't matter how you meet them. It's important that we meet, that we talk. And one of the things that was said before by a Democrat, 
Once we start, start to talk, we're going to realize that we have more things that bring us together than things that separate us. That's right. We're going to leave it at that. That is a great thought. And uh, folks, let's just let's just be nicer out here. Let's get to know our neighbors and and see how we can bless other people. This is Tim Eccles and this is Energy Matters on the road. Energy Matters would like to thank Gas South for its support of the show. Gas South has a no deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. Gas South, the difference is good. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your $1, 2 or $5 checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. Now serving F-27 at DMV window number 16. Okay, Rose, we're second in line. Perfect, Rose. You remembered the birth certificate? Yes, and we have our electric bill. Excellent. We'll be Real ID ready in no time. Real ID ready to visit our grandson Ricky at Fort Bragg, then fly to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Pardon me, are you talking to yourself? (laughs) I'm sorry. I guess I am. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash realid.